Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. It's Matt here, and at the end of this episode, I'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free Journey app where you can access all of our recent message content. And actually, the app's the easiest way to share all this content with a friend and to keep up with everything going on around here at Journey. Just search Journey Calway in your app store. Now, most importantly, I hope this message inspires you to take your next step in following Jesus. Well, happy 4th of July weekend. I hope you've had a great weekend with family and maybe a few friends. Uh, Speaking of that, today's topic may be really timely given the extra time you've been around some of these people. Do you ever find it difficult to forgive? Uh, If you're anything like me, there's some things that are easy, some things I can just let go and move on, but then there are other things that it just feels excruciating to forgive. Some things that even though I try and try and try to forgive, I've felt at different times in my life like I was failing at forgiving. You ever felt that way? And part of the reason I felt like it was because I thought I did it right, and then the emotions came back. I thought I did it right, but then the resentment started to build again. I thought I did it right, but then I saw them again, and suddenly there was an anger that started to well up inside, or I found myself wanting to distance again, and I just felt like I couldn't be doing it right, or else all of those emotions would be gone. Well, I've got some good news for you. The good news is this, that just because forgiveness is hard doesn't mean you are failing at forgiveness. We'll come back to this in just a minute. Today, we're wrapping up this series, The Grudge. All of us know both the pleasure and the pain of holding on to a grudge. And I say that because, let's be honest, there's some pleasure in nursing a grudge or holding a grudge. At least there's pleasure in the short run. Makes us feel a little better. But long-term, there's always pain. Long-term, there's always difficulty. Now, we find ourselves offended by a lot of small things in life, and as we talked about in this series, we should just let that stuff go. Seems like everybody is easily offended these days, but your life's too short, your purpose is too great to be offended by something small. But today I want to talk about the big stuff. What do you do with that? What do you do with the gut-wrenching stuff? What do you do with the stuff that you have tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to move past it, and yet you just can't seem to get over it? Let's be honest, it feels irresponsible to move past something and act like it didn't even happen, but it's also unhelpful and unhealthy to hold on to something and not to let it go. And part of the reason it's unhealthy and unhelpful for you and for me is when we resist forgiveness, we forfeit our own freedom, don't we? We talked about this last week. It's like strapping a hundred pound backpack onto our backs. Whenever you're holding on to a grudge, you're living with a hundred pounds on your back. And you're carrying it around wherever you go, and it restricts your freedom. It slows you down. And over time, you know what happens. I've had it happen to me, too. You you forget you're carrying the grudge. It's like it's just part of your life. But it's still having an impact. It's still slowing you down. It's still making things more difficult. I think Beth Moore summed it up great when she said that unforgiveness glues us to the offender, and the wrong just keeps on wronging. You ever been there? Unforgiveness, when you and I resist forgiving, we are gluing ourselves to the offender. We are reliving that experience over and over again, and the wrong just keeps on wronging. We are connecting ourselves to that person that we least want to be connected to. So that brings us to what I want us to talk about today. If resisting forgiveness is not in your best interest or mine, if it's unhealthy, if it's unhelpful, If holding on to forgiveness, if nursing a grudge is actually self-sabotaging, then why is it so hard for us to let things go? Why is it so hard for us to forgive? Why is it so hard to, as we defined forgiveness last week, why is it so hard for us to choose to no longer demand payment for what someone took from us? Why do we struggle so much with canceling the debt? 
and moving on. Well, let me tell you what I think part of our struggle is, and I hope this is going to be helpful for you today. Part of the struggle is this. We confuse the act and the impact. This is why I think we feel like failures at forgiving sometimes. This is why sometimes I think it feels so challenging to forgive. Because we confuse the act with the impact. So think about this way. Whenever someone hurts you deeply, there's the act. That, that's the moment in time when it happened. There's this moment in time where they said those words, they lied, there's the moment of the affair, there's the moment of the abuse, there's the moment when they betrayed, there's the moment, okay? There's the moment, the act. And you and I have to deal with that act. But there's also the impact. See, the act is a moment in time. The impact is felt over time, isn't it? The impact is, hey, that, there could have been a 30-second moment where they said that, <laughs> but the impact of those words may be felt for 30 years. It may be a 60-second act that they did, but then for the next six years, you're dealing with the ramifications, with the pain, with the impact of that choice that they made. Sometimes I think we tend to believe these two go together, and they don't. They're two separate things. There's the act, and there's the impact, and both of them require forgiveness. Let me see if I can show you what it means this way. Paul, you may have heard of Paul. He wrote most of our New Testament documents. But what you may not know about Paul, if you begin to read his backstory, Paul uh, had reason maybe more than any of us not to forgive. Paul went through instance after instance after instance where he was unjustly accused, unjustly arrested and imprisoned, where he was unjustly beaten, where he was unjustly tried. Eventually, he was unjustly martyred. Paul went through so many difficult circumstances where he was wronged and and, uh, mistreated. And yet in the middle of all of that, you know what Paul continued to do over and over again? He continued to choose forgiveness. And I want to let him explain to you why forgiveness was so important for him, but then more importantly, how to do it. The secret to forgiving. The secret to forgiving both the act and the impact. Here's what he wrote to Christians in the city of Ephesus. He said, get rid of, this is his advice to them, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Wait a minute, it's just not that easy, Paul. And he would go, yeah, it is. You know all those emotions that you tend to deal with, that you tend to feel when you're holding on to a grudge? The bitterness, the anger, the rage, the tendency to want to slander somebody because of what they did to you? We've all been there, haven't we? We're all guilty. Paul says, you should take all those emotions. You should take all those actions. You just need to get rid of them all. Like you get rid of the trash at your house. What do you do with the trash at your house? You don't store it in the closet and leave it there. Well, no, then eventually it's going to smell. It would make the entire house a terrible place to live. Now, if you leave the trash in your closet long enough, what happens? You get used to the smell. (laughs) But that smell still impacts anyone else who comes in your house. Paul says, some of you, you're doing that with your anger. You're taking it all, all of your grudges, all of your offenses, You're taking it and you're storing it all up in your closet and it's just smelling up your life and you've gotten used to it. But whenever somebody comes near you, they're like, oh my gosh, they can smell it. They're like, why are they so easily offended? Why are they always finding a reason to be mad? I mean, they're seeing it in the relationships and the interactions they have with you. You can't even see it. You've forgotten the trash is in the closet. Paul says, stop doing that. He says, I want you to take all that trash, all that anger, all that emotion, He says, I want you to take it. I want you to 
throw it in your trash can. I want you to roll it out to the street. I want you to put it over your shoulder and I want you to carry it to the dumpster. However you get rid of your trash. He says, you just get rid of all of that emotion that way to which you and I go, well, it's not that easy. And Paul says, yes, it is. And here's how you do it. He says, instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Specifically, he's saying, the people who've hurt you, the people who've offended you, you should respond with kindness and compassion. What do you mean, Paul? What? He says, the way you respond by being kind and compassionate is you forgive them. That is the expression of kindness and compassion towards them. And we all stop here and go, wait a minute, I got a story I want to tell. And the reality is, if we sat down and you told me your story, I'd sit across from you and go, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. That's terrible. I can't believe that happened. I would hurt for you. We've all got stories like that. But if we sat down and told Paul our story, he would nod his head and go, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But no, it doesn't change the fact. Paul would say, I've been there too. The best thing for you to do is to demonstrate kindness and compassion by forgiving those people. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is the point where you figure out what you want to do with this. And quite honestly, I don't blame you if you're listening to this and going, no, 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 you don't understand. That was so evil. That was so painful. That was so hurtful. That was so offensive. I'm never forgiving. If I were in your shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. But for those of us who follow Jesus, Paul is not done. As we start to resist the idea of forgiving these big wounds, these big hurts, these big scars, this great pain that we've experienced, Paul says, hey, let me remind you, you should be kind and compassionate, forgiving each other. Why? Well, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Paul says, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you push back, before you say, well, I'm just out of touch, before you say, there's no way I'm doing that, they don't deserve it. Paul says, can I ask you a question, you Jesus followers? How has God forgiven you? Was it unconditional? Yeah. Did you deserve it? No. Did he put any limits on it? No, there weren't any limits. Paul says, okay, you're never going to be asked to forgive someone else more than your heavenly father has already forgiven you. Jesus gave his life, died on a cross, and rose again to extend forgiveness to you. So what right do we have to not forgive someone else? Now, this gets to the secret of forgiveness. For all of us who've had a hard time forgiving, for all of us right now who find ourselves going, I'm trying, I'm trying, but I just don't think I can get over this. I don't think I can get past it. I don't think I'm ever going to get to the point where everything's good again. I don't think I'm ever going to get to the point where I don't have all of this anger or bitterness inside of me. For all of us who feel like we're failing at forgiving, Paul just gave us the secret to forgiveness. And here it is. The secret isn't determination, but cooperation. Let me explain this. Paul's going, listen, here's how you forgive. You don't forgive through willpower. You don't forgive by gritting it out, you know, grinding it out. Okay, I'm just going to make myself do it. You don't forgive by pretending it wasn't a big deal and I'm just going to move forward. I'm going to put blinders on. No, no, no. The secret to forgiveness is not determination. Paul said it was cooperation. Let me explain what he meant by that. When he said you should forgive one another just as in Christ God forgave you, what Paul was saying was this. Your responsibility in forgiveness is not to try to have the willpower to do it all yourself. Your responsibility is to cooperate with the God who lives inside of you and empowers you to forgive. So think of it this way. 
you can only give what you've received. You can only extend to someone else what you've experienced for yourself. Paul says, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we have this unique opportunity right in front of us when I'm struggling to forgive, to look at my heavenly father and go, okay, God, you have forgiven me far more than I need to forgive this person. So I just want to cooperate with you. I want to be able to extend to them the forgiveness you have extended to me. I just want to cooperate with you. I want you to help me forgive. And Paul's point is, because we have been the recipients of extraordinary forgiveness, we have the ability to then extend forgiveness to someone else. We can give because we have received. If we'd never received, let's be honest, if we'd never received unconditional forgiveness, it'd be impossible for us to extend it and give it to someone else. Which leads me to the practical part of this. So when you and I are struggling with forgiveness, how do we do this practically? What's it look like to cooperate with God practically? What's it look like to give what we've received? Well, remember I said earlier that we tend to confuse the act and the impact. Now, both of these are important. And because there's both an act and an impact, because there's both this moment in time where something happened that hurt you, but then there's this impact that's felt over time that continues to hurt you because of that, you and I have to understand that forgiveness is both a decision and a process. Okay, the act, the act that someone did to you that hurt you, that requires a decision on your part to forgive. I've got to forgive them for that act. They lied, I'm going to cancel the debt. They don't owe me for lying to me. They cheated on me, they stole from me, they betrayed me, they gossiped about me, whatever the thing is. You've got to decide, I'm not going to demand payment from them anymore for that act. But as you well know, and so do I, that act creates a lingering impact, doesn't it? There's more pain that's felt down the road. What happened in that 30-second, 60-second, 5-minute, 10-minute, 1-day block, whatever it was, well, the impact of that is still felt over time which means forgiveness for the act is a decision. But forgiveness for the impact, well, that's a process. Let me see if I can explain it to you this way. I I heard Lisa Turkhurst. Some of you may be familiar with her. She writes uh, quite a bit. She's a best-selling author. She writes primarily to females, but her books are extraordinary. Her latest one, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, I would highly recommend. Well, Lisa went through a season recently that was so painful, a season of betrayal, a season of hurt, a season of pain, a season when most people would have walked away and washed their hands of the individuals who did to her what they did. But Lisa made a different choice. She didn't get there on her own, but she got there over time, spending some time with a counselor that she trusted. She got to the point where she could forgive. So a few months ago, I'm listening to Lisa talk about this on a podcast. And she begins to explain the process her counselor took her through to help her reach the point where she could make a decision to forgive. She could forgive the act, but she could also forgive the impact. And I just want to share with you what I heard her say because this counselor gave her some phenomenal advice. So here's what the counselor said to do. He, one day she walked in. He gave her a stack of index cards. And he said, okay, Lisa, on every one of these cards, I want you to write down every single thing someone has done to you. So this act that was done by this person, write it on this card. Then on the next card, write the next next act. And on the next card, write the next act. Write down every single act that's been done to you that has hurt you deeply. Then he said, 
I want you to continue to take card by card by card. I want you to write all of the impact that you have felt from those decisions, from the betrayal, from the lies, from the hurt, from the gossip, from the pain, all of the things. I want you to write down all the impact you felt up to this point in your life. So Lisa Lisa writes this down and then he says, okay, I want you to spread them all out on the floor. And so she's there in the counselor's office and she's got dozens of cards spread out all across the floor. And then he said this, he said, okay, now I want you to start picking them up one by one. And I want you individually with each card to make the choice to forgive. I want you to forgive that person for that thing. This isn't pretending. This isn't acting like it wasn't a big deal. No, this is actually processing through all the pain that's been done to you. And I want you then to go one by one and say, I'm going to forgive them. I'm canceling the debt specifically for that thing they did. And then I'm canceling the debt specifically for that thing they did. And then I'm canceling the debt specifically for the impact they created on me by that thing they did. One by one, card by one. Lisa, I want you to do it. So Lisa said she started. And it didn't take long. She got into it and she just got to some things that were so painful for her that she looked at her counselor and she said, I can't, I can't do it. I I just don't feel like I can forgive this. And this is where the counselor helped Lisa to have a breakthrough. He looked back at her and he said, okay, here's what I want you to do. As you are forgiving, I want you to put a red dot on each of the cards. And that red dot is a reminder (laughs) of the forgiveness that Jesus has offered you. And he said, every time you get to one of these cards and you don't feel like you can forgive, I want you to remind yourself of this. What my feelings won't allow, Jesus' forgiveness will surely cover. I don't feel like I've got it in me to forgive, but I just don't have my forgiveness at my disposal to offer. I may not have the forgiveness I need to forgive, but I have experienced, I have been given Jesus' forgiveness. And what my feelings, what my forgiveness won't allow, the forgiveness that Jesus has given me will surely cover what they did. And so I'm not going to try to grip my teeth to forgive this thing I don't feel like I can forgive. Nope. I'm just going to cooperate with God and say, Jesus, I can't do this one on my own but I'm going to apply your forgiveness that you have given me to them for this act and for this impact. So Lisa did that as she went through all of those note cards. And you know what she said she experienced on the other side of that? Freedom, freedom. Because when we resist forgiveness, we forfeit our own freedom. But when we offer forgiveness, we gain our freedom back. And that's exactly what she experienced. Now, for some of you, This is what you need to do. And for some of you, this is why forgiveness has been so hard. You have forgiven people for the act. You've done your best. But then the emotion came back later and you thought, I must be failing at forgiveness. You thought you forgave them for this. You thought you canceled the debt. But then later on, you started to feel the impact of that in a new way. And you struggled. And you thought, well, I must not have forgiven the way I'm supposed to forgive. No, no, no. Forgiveness is both a decision and a process. So here's what I want you to understand about forgiveness. You can be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God has forgiven you and he has forgiven me. But the way we do that is by understanding we forgive the act. And then along the way, we forgive each 
instance of the impact. I'll give you a quick example. If someone did something that hurts you deeply and broke trust with you, and it's made it difficult for you to trust people moving forward. Okay, well, there's the act of that thing. You can forgive them for that. But you know as well as I do, as you go throughout life, there's still a process to that, isn't there? Because you find yourself in situations where you're not trusting towards somebody who is trustworthy. And you wonder, well, why can't I get close in this relationship? Or why am I so hesitant? Well, it's the impact of what happened back here. And now you're feeling the impact and it makes you angry again that that happened to you there and it's impacting your relationship here now. Well, that's a new opportunity to forgive, isn't it? And then you go a little further down the road and you find that something else pops up and you're having a hard time having intimacy with somebody and it's a trust issue. It's another example of the impact of this thing over here. But again, it's another opportunity to forgive. Now listen, Just because you feel a new impact that creates a new emotion over here doesn't mean you didn't forgive well here. It just means this is a new thing and it requires new forgiveness because forgiveness is both a decision and a process or a series of decisions that you have to make over time. And just like you can choose like Lisa did to forgive the past and to forgive the present, You know you're going to have to extend forgiveness again in the future. New impact requires new forgiveness. So, as we wrap up this series, here's what I want to encourage you to do. First of all, I want to encourage you, whatever grudge you're holding on to, whatever bitterness, whatever anger, whatever pain, whatever wound, whatever unforgiveness, whatever that thing is that you resist canceling the debt, I just want to ask you, and I don't mean to be insensitive, But how's that working for you? How's it working for you? Will you, come on, come on, I just want what's best for you. Will you choose to forgive? Will you cancel the debt? Will you choose to no longer demand payment for what they took from you? Will you forgive the act? But will you also make a choice to forgive every time you feel the impact of that act back there? When you do, You regain your freedom. So for some of you, probably need to grab a stack of note cards. You need to start writing down every single thing that's happened. And then you need to go one by one and go, okay, I forgive. Cancel the debt. I forgive. Cancel the debt. And when you get to something that's so painful, you just don't feel like you can do it. You need to remind yourself, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What my feelings won't allow right here. Ah, Jesus' forgiveness, it'll surely cover that. So I'm not going to forgive through determination. I'm just going to forgive through cooperation. I'm just going to give what I have received. And I'm going to trust that Jesus will forgive, help me forgive because of it. Will you let go, lay down, give up, cancel the wrongs, the debts, the grudges that you're carrying. Now, for some of you, this isn't really helpful because you have never experienced the unconditional forgiveness of God. I mean, he's done everything he can to make it possible for you to have it. He came to this earth. Jesus came to communicate and demonstrate to us exactly what God was like. Then he died on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins. He rose again to prove that everything he said and did was true and that we could trust him. 
And then he looks at you and me and he says, I want you to be a part of my family. I want to adopt you. I want to forgive you. I want to reconcile our relationship. And so he's extending this gift of forgiveness. And for whatever reason, maybe because you never understood that, maybe because you didn't think you were worth that, maybe because you didn't know God cared about you and looked at you that way. But for whatever reason, you have not yet accepted that gift. Before we close, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Because I'm telling you, until you experience unconditional forgiveness, you cannot extend it. You can only extend to someone else what you have experienced yourself. You can only give what you have received. But there is a forgiveness available to you that covers all your shortcomings, that covers all your wrongs, and then enables you to forgive yourself. Your life is too short. Your purpose is too great. And let's be honest, God's forgiveness is too extraordinary to continue to be offended by something small and to continue to carry unforgiveness and bitterness over the big wounds that we've had. No, we don't have to do that anymore. There's no point in resisting forgiveness. There's freedom available to all of us. It's through forgiveness. And the secret to that forgiveness is not our determination, but it is cooperation with the one who has already chosen to forgive us. Let me pray for us. Father, would you help us to do the hard, hard thing emotionally? To identify, to process, to own up to, not to pretend, but to really grapple with all the acts that have hurt us, all the impacts we have felt, and choose forgiveness. For those of you who are struggling right now with this, I want to invite you just to pray a very simple prayer. Would you say, God, I'm choosing to forgive. I'm choosing not just the decision, but I'm choosing the process. I'm choosing to do whatever I have to do to identify what's been taken from me, to identify how I've been hurt. And then for every act and every impact, God, I'm going to choose to extend to them the same forgiveness you have offered to me. I can't do it on my own, God. I need your help, but I'm here to cooperate with you. For those of you who you've never experienced God's forgiveness, would you just add on to that and tell him this? God, that's what I need. I didn't even believe it was possible to be unconditionally forgiven and loved by you this way. God, there are things I haven't even forgiven myself for, and you're telling me that you're willing to forgive me for those? So God, I give you my life. Jesus, thank you for dying and rising again to make forgiveness available for me. I accept it right now in this moment. Now, if you just chose to accept God's forgiveness for the very first time, listen, it's extraordinary. You have a clean slate, a fresh start. You have a new life and you have a new power and forgiveness available to you. It's an unbelievable life. Following Jesus really does make your life better. He really does make you better at life. So if it's your first time to accept his forgiveness, I wanna ask you to do something before we wrap up. Would you grab your phone and text follow Jesus to 555-888? It's going to send you a link. And if you'll give us your info through the link, we'd love to reach out to you. And number one, celebrate with you. It's such a huge moment for you. We're so happy for you. We'd also like to answer any questions you have and get you some resources just to help you continue to grow in your relationship with God. Father, we're so grateful for your forgiveness, for the reminder that um, in spite of all of our wrong, you still love us. Thank you for that. 
Thank you for adopting us into your family. Thank you for making us sons and daughters. Thank you for your unconditional love and forgiveness. Thank you for reconciling us to yourself through Jesus' death on the cross and for also making it possible for us to be reconciled to one another. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you'd take a moment to rate and review this podcast, it would really be helpful. And if you live near our church, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our phenomenal children and student environments, just visit us at journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Look forward to seeing you soon.